and uh, I like to give her a hard time. Praise the Lord. Well, we are in for a great treat today. Pastor Pius Andachi is going to be speaking for us. This guy is loaded. If you, if, you, if you give him a hug, revelation flows out, right? I'm serious, man. So, Pastor Pius, come on now. You got a partner with you. I just want to um, say a prayer for, for Pastor as he speaks. Um, Pastor Dave got a revelation today that he is the one who made these braids, uh, these beads on my uh, outfit. So um, it is something that is yet to come. <laughs> it's a, but anyway, just a joke. But I wanted us to pray as he has about 35 minutes, that in those 35 minutes, whatever the Lord has laid in his heart, it will be able to come forth and you will get your portion. And so, you know, um, it is... Um, it is uh, catching what the Lord wants. So I just wanted you to do like this, um, opening, just opening your heart and just saying, Lord, I am open. And, you know, uh, and, 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 the, and the way the Lord will lead the uh, pious that, you know, you will catch something. So just requesting for those that the, uh, the sound, if you could raise, just uh, bless, bless Pius by increasing the volume, please. So let's pray. Father, we are grateful in the name of Jesus. Because of your mercy, we are here today. It's because of your grace, oh God, that we are, we, we call you Abba Father. Oh God, that told it's in you that we live. It's in you that we move. It's in you that we have our being. And we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you've you've given us to be called the children of God our and we can come to you and say Abba Father thank you Lord that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ and we thank you that we are family oh God from many nations tongues and tribes you have made us family in the name of Jesus and we thank you Father that in each one of us you have put a portion of your of who you are that we may represent you on the earth today so even today as we hear your word even as Pius speaks today, as Pastor Pius speaks today, we are praying in the name of Jesus that each one of us, oh God, you will speak to us. The thing that you have put in his heart for each one of us, we will get it. We will capture it, oh God. And as he speaks, our Father, we thank you for clarity. We thank you for, um, uh, for, 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 for the flow of the Spirit to just flow from your heart to his heart and out of his heart to, to his mouth, oh God. It shall come forth with clarity and, 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 and oh God, we shall get it. We shall leave this door, having received that which you intended for, uh, for us today. And so we bless you and we honor you as we uh, receive your word today and receive the word that you have sent through pious. In the name of Jesus, we pray and give you thanks. Amen. Come on, let's give him a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate my beautiful wife. Amen. Uh, what a privilege to be alive this morning, this afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Uh, first of all, I want to give thanks to him who lives forever. Yes. Um, but we have to be reminded all the time that you and I, being in this building, being in this time, we are living under the dream and the obedience of Pastor Dave and Aina. We cannot take that for granted. It's because of their obedience that we are here. If, if they had not obeyed the Lord, the Lord would have found something for you to do. It would be somewhere. But because they did, the Lord saw it fit to be connected to them at this time. So I want us to give honor to whom honor is due. Sir, thank you. Pastor Aina, thank you. Thank you for your obedience. And ah, Come on, you can do better than that. Come on. Come on, you have two feet. Please stand up. Let's give honor to whom honor is due. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, for, for Pastor Dave and Pastor Aina and the entire leadership, we 
acknowledge you. My family and I, we are grateful. We have been here 14 years now and counting. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, I didn't intend to say this, but that's what I heard the Lord say. That, you know, you've been through stuff, but you're like Joshua. There is more, there is more land to conquer. Just keep walking. Yes. Keep walking. Yes. Keep walking. Yes. The longer you walk, the stronger you become. Amen. There is more on the other side. There is more on the other side. Amen. Amen. I have 32 minutes to land this thing, and at the 35th minute, I will stop at whatever I'll be. Okay? That cool? Yeah. Come on, agree with me. Hmm. <laughs> All right, I want to talk to you. I, I don't know, I'm not good at uh, someone outlines a topic. I just talk, okay? But I want to share with you, and it's just an introduction. I know I'll give you my hard time because I keep moving. Uh, there is something that the Lord has been dealing with me for, it's been a year plus. I've never shared it in public, never said it. But it's a work in progress. But it's a concern that I have observed. It's in me. I'm sure it's in you, in the body of Christ. And it's a concern that many of us, not all of us, but many of us are actually asleep. We are not awake. Because if you are awake, you would not do some of the things you do. It's a concern in the body of Christ that I personally have. Maybe you have witnessed it, I don't know. But to me, there is a concern that the way we are moving with our Christianity, we might become irrelevant if we don't wake up. And the first law, the first heavenly law of manifestation is waking up. Knowing who you are. Then you know whose you are. And a believer like you and me needs to be intentional in what you do. Many of the things we do, we get them by accident. So you decided to fast two days and you got a breakthrough. Now you don't exactly know how you got the breakthrough, but you attribute it to the fasting. Then you try to fast again and it doesn't work. You got it by accident because you were asleep when you did it. You'll get it. Just don't worry. We have 31 minutes. You'll get it. Okay? <clears throat> but you and I need to be deliberate with what we do. We have to be intentional. Now, you read a scripture, and if you're not intentional about it, it doesn't work. One of the people who are very disappointed in life are born-again believers. We are, I'm a therapist, we are schizophrenic. We say, I am blessed, but really you're struggling. So your confession is that we are doing well, but you are struggling. Why? Because you are asleep. So it is proper to say, God is good to me. But when Brother Ronnie gives a testimony, you are upset. It doesn't work for me. Why? I'll tell you why. He's awake. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him I said that. He's awake. He's very intentional when he's sowing. To us, sowing might just be putting something in the bucket. Boop. What was your intention by giving? What were you intending to get when you gave? What was your intention? Well, it's good to give tithe because it's fire insurance. It's devourer insurance. If I don't give my tithe, the, the devourer is coming. So that's your intention? Really? Now, I want us to do an exercise. We have to be intentional, okay? Because I have come to notice... <laughs> Preaching about Jesus from the perspective of theology is a burden. It's a problem. 
we teach people about the Jesus we know about from scripture. Not the Jesus you've experienced. So you can actually preach and you're asleep. That the Jesus you claim to know is a Jesus you heard about, but you've never really experienced him. Now, I just picked one scripture which I want us to work on as a group. Okay? Then the rest is homework for you and me. Okay? Now, I am privileged to have my son sitting there. Eden. We have our other daughter there, Lucy. Hello. I have my daughter, Alie, in the booth. Hello. Come on, let me tell you something. There's a strong African presence in the house, okay? In case you're struggling with my accident or accent, when I descended from heaven, I landed in an African womb in Kenya. So I am a Kenyan by race. I am a Christian by grace. I'm an American by choice. I picked one scripture because I want us to be practical about this. We have to come to a place where you read what Jesus said and you become deliberate about what he said so that you can experience what he said. Then you can tell someone about what you experienced. Now, I'll put up John 14, 21 in the Amplified. I want you to look at this. Okay, you, you there? This is what Jesus said. Okay? He said, the person who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. I will make myself real to him. <laughs> when was the last time this happened to you? Can you actually say Jesus is real to me? Some can, some hope so. But how do you do this? How do you make sure this is true? I'll tell you why. Paul gives us a hint. He says, the word is first of all in your mouth. Then it goes to your heart. <laughs> you and I need to take this word, put it in your mouth, enough times for it to be in your heart. Then it comes out of your heart. Ah. Out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So this needs to be abundant in your heart. I have a little exercise for you and me. And we will do it ten times. You say, what? Ten times. Why ten? The Bible is a book of numbers. Ten is an interesting number. Ten is the number of tithes, but it's really one and zero. It's a number of creation. God spoke ten times in the book of Genesis to create anything. It's ten times. The Beatitudes that Jesus spoke are ten. There are nine, but there's one which has two in it. Abraham was tested ten times. The story of the five virgins, the ten, ten virgins, five foolish, five. The ten commandments, but are they really ten commandments? There are 613 commandments, but what is that? What is six plus three plus one? Ten is a dimension of entering into something God is involved in. When you're giving your tithe, it's a tenth. It's you giving permission for God to enter into what you're doing. Yeah. 
What are you doing? I am a seed sower. So how do I become an effective seed sower? I give my tithe. It opens a dimension for God to come in so that when I sow, God multiplies what I've just sown. So the tithe by itself does not multiply because it's a door opener. You know, the Hebrew letters, the fifth Hebrew letter is called the He. The He is five. Now, when God wanted to bless Abraham and Sarah, he was Abraham and Sarai. He takes the He and puts one on Abraham, and he puts the other He on Sarah. The two become ten, opens a door, whoo, Isaac comes in. So when you're giving your tithe, you have to be intentional. Because I want to open a door for God to come in so that I sow seed. Okay, you ready for a little exercise? All right. Now, you are going to stand up. Stand up. And you're going to find ten people. And you're going to confess to them what I tell you. Okay, just trust me. Have you found a partner yet? <laughs> ah. Just one. One is enough. Go on, be obedient. Find one person. I need one person. Come here. I need one person. Just get me one. One. You are three. Come here. All right. You have your partner. We are being very intentional. Hello. Find one person. Find one person. Okay, good. Good, 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 good. Remember, we're in John 14. We're being deliberate. We want Jesus to reveal himself to me, right? You have to put this word in your mouth, then it goes to your heart. So now, look at your partner and tell them, Neighbor, I want you to know that I have faith in the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might. And I love you as I love myself. Amen. Find a second partner. It's the same thing. Come on. Let's move quickly. Find a partner quickly. Say, neighbor, I want you to know that I have faith in the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might. And I love you as I love myself. Find a third neighbor. Come on, let's move quickly. Hello. Say, neighbor, I want you to know that I have faith in the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength, all my might. And I love my neighbor as I love myself. Amen. Find a fourth one. Come on, keep moving. Say, neighbor. I want you to know that I have faith in the name of Jesus and I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might, and I love you as I love myself. Come on, keep moving. Find a fifth one. Find a fifth neighbor. Hallelujah. Say, neighbor, I want you to know I have faith in the name of Jesus and I love the Lord with all my heart. With all my soul, with all my strength, with all my might, and I love you as I love myself. Amen. Find a sixth neighbor. Come on. Neighbor, I want you to know that I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength, all my might, and I love you as I love myself. Amen. Find a seventh neighbor. Come on. We're making progress. Neighbor. I want you to know that I have faith in the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. And I love you as I love myself. Woo! An eighth neighbor. Come on, come on. We are making growth. Say, neighbor, I want you to know I have faith in the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength. 
all my might. And I love you as I love myself. Amen. The ninth neighbor. We are doing good. Say, neighbor. I want you to know that I have faith in the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, all my strength, all my mind. And I love you as I love myself. Woo! The tenth neighbor. Come on. Say, neighbor. I want you to know I have faith. In the name of Jesus. And I love the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my might. And I love you as I love myself. Woo! Come on, put your hands together. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Lord. Do you feel awake now? (laughs) Trust me, when you get, you notice when you got to the eighth and seventh, you started saying it by yourself. You didn't wait for me to repeat because it it was in your heart now. Now, when you do that, this starts happening. Jesus starts becoming real to you. Now, let me give you a warning. When you start doing this, When you start doing this, when you start confessing that you love him and you love your neighbor, Jesus literally takes you at your word. So the first thing he does, he brings somebody you don't particularly like. And they might curse you out. I'm not telling you something I have read about. The first time I, I, I've known this for a while, but I started deliberately doing this a few months back. And I took it to the extreme. I didn't do it 10 times. I didn't do it 20. I went to the Jubilee. I did it 50 times. So I'm going to work. I'm a therapist. That day, I got chased out of a house. They cast me out. And I said, Lord, what's going on? And the Lord asked me a question. Do you love my child? I was like, Lord, the client, no, 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 no. I, I love that person. Do you love them? I quickly had to acknowledge I don't. I quickly acknowledged the people I love are the people I like. So I love people conveniently. So I am asleep as far as loving people is concerned. I avoid people I don't like and I only minister to those I do. That is not this. He will show himself clearly to you and one of those ways he will bring someone you don't like but he loves. (laughs) Ah. Now he says my father will love him. What does that mean? Up there, he, he did say, the words I'm speaking to you, John 14, the words I'm speaking to you, I'm not speaking of myself. It's the father in me. He does the work. <laughs> so for the father to do the work in me, I have to love him. So my job is to love him and he does the work. Ah. Knock, knock. (laughs) Now, the question is this. How awake are you? There are many things I can talk to you about, and I need five hours for this. There are many things I can ask you a question. How awake are you? As far as Revelation 1.6 says a strange thing. Jesus. (laughs) Ah. Is it up there? Revelation 1.6. I want you to look at it. I want to ask you a question how awake you are to this. Because I'm sure you've read it. He has. He has made us. 
kings and priests to his God. And Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. What has Jesus done? He has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory. Wait, wait, wait. Did you notice that Jesus has not made us prophets and apostles? Oh, I can read it to you. Ephesians 4.11. Don't move there. But I just trust me, it's in the word, okay? Ephesians 4.11 says, He descended and then ascended and gave gifts to men. Okay, you know that scripture? To some, he gave apostles. To some, prophets. Some pastors and teachers and evangelists, okay? For a reason. But if you actually, I love Pastor Tim, where's Pastor Tim? You know, studying the word is powerful. If you let that word study you, it's different from you studying it. Let scripture talk to you. Don't talk to it. Don't tell scripture what you think. Let scripture tell you what it thinks. That Ephesians 4.11 actually says, Jesus didn't ascend and then he says, hmm, I'm taking a little portion, apostle, prophet, that's a gift, right? No, it actually reads, he gave men as gifts. An apostle is a manifestation of Jesus in a person as a gift. And in that apostle, there are other gifts in there. In that prophet, there are other gifts in there. So he gave men as gifts. But you know what we've done? Because we are asleep, we've built a mountain out of those things that Jesus did. Now, the apostle, prophet, the fivefold ministry is supposed to be for the edifying of the body till we come to the maturity. Which means... The fivefold ministry uh-huh. <laughs> is uh, an earthly ministry or a nest to prepare sons of God for perfection. Uh, or oh, let me put it this way the fivefold ministry are Sunday school teachers. When you got born from above, you landed in a nest. You are a baby. You are supposed to be taught by the gifts God gave men. So that you grow up. To do what? To build a church? To build a ministry? No. Paul tells you this in Ephesians chapter 6. No, Hebrews 6. He says, let's move on from the elementary principles. Of the repentance from dead works. <laughs> One of the things he says, resurrection of the dead. Oh, wait a minute. Raising someone from the dead is elementary stuff. <laughs> repentance from dead works is elementary stuff. You're supposed to know this in kindergarten. You see, we are building ourselves on the fivefold ministry thinking we have arrived. When we're in a nest. Children in a nest cannot take over a nation. We are asleep. Very comfortable. We major on miracles and signs. That's good, but that's Sunday school stuff. The Lord is looking at nations and worlds. Did you know That when you got from above, when you got born again from above, you are seated in heavenly places. There is nothing in scripture like a single heaven. (laughs) You tell me, oh, my loved one is in heaven. I'll ask you which one. There are many. Looking at me in a strange tone of voice. (laughs) Scripture is clear. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Hashemayim is heavens. 
These worlds are many. Your loved ones who've gone home, they're in different worlds doing stuff. They are not floating, eating grapes, waiting for you to come. No. <laughs> Problem is we are asleep. Jesus has made us <laughs> kings and priests unto our God. Oh God, I have five minutes. Let me tell you this. Are you aware that you are a priest. I'm aware I'm an apostle. <laughs> I asked you a question. Are you aware that you are a priest? Did you know that Ezekiel was not a prophet? Ezekiel 1.3, the word of the Lord came to Ezekiel the priest. Did you know Abraham was a priest? Did you know David was a priest? Did you know Samuel was a priest? Those were priests who functioned in the prophetic office. Jesus did not make you an apostle or a prophet. Let me speak like a Nigerian. Jesus didn't make you a prophet, oh. He made you a king and a priest. But the question is, what does a priest do? Well, he offers sacrifices. How? Talk to me. What does a priest do? Or who is a priest? I'll tell you. A priest is someone who stands between dimensions. So he has made you and I priests, guess what? To God. <laughs> Do you know, unless you are awake, you don't know this. There are three kinds of priests in the book of Ezekiel. There are priests who minister to people. There are priests who minister in the temple. And there are priests who minister to God. Which one are you? If you minister to the people, you will have to keep satisfying the people. You will be caught up in the affairs of the people. Oh, pastor, we don't like that topic, so you change the topic for next Sunday. Oh, pastor, we don't like, we were offended. You keep shifting because you are a priest to the people. You will please them. Because you... <laughs> if you are a priest in the temple, you are caught up with the temple staff. But there is a priest unto God. And those are the people who change stuff. Because that's what Jesus made. The others we make ourselves. And if your priesthood is wrong, if your priesthood is towards the people, you will prophesy. If your priesthood is towards the temple, you will prophesy things of the temple. If your priesthood is unto God, you will say what he say. And it will come to pass. The test of a true prophet is not just what they're saying comes to pass, but he sits and stands in the council of God. Do you know you are a priest? Leviticus 27, we don't have time to go into that. They say the priest is the one who values the land. Do you know that? Why did Jesus say this? When he healed the ten lepers, Jesus didn't say, okay, now you're healed. Go home. Mm -mm. Go show yourself. To the priest. Why? Because the priest is the one who determines whether you're healed or not. <laughs> Do you know you are something? <gasps> are they ready for this? Yeah? Okay. I have to check with her. Do you know? Please don't misunderstand. You, do you know you are something? Jesus is not. I have to say this very carefully. 
you and I are God's priests. Jesus is not. Jesus is your priest. <laughs> that passed over your head. <laughs> Jesus is your priest. He saves you so that you can become God's priest. So that whatever is in God's heart can come through you to the nations. That is why Jesus is a door. Let me tell you something. Someone else's experience, huh? you ready for this? Someone else's experience is your door. You can either shut it or open. If someone goes through something, it marks a door, either a warning or an invitation. Ah. If, so, let me, let me, if someone encounters Jesus and testifies about it, it's an announcement to you, a door is open. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So to them, it's the end of an experience. To you, it's the beginning. Yes. So when someone experiences God, it becomes a door for you to get in and then you get a revelation. Then you go into your own experience so that you don't have to go through what they experience for you to get a revelation. Let me give you an example. Jesus literally died, went literally to hell rose literally from the dead. You don't have to literally die. You don't have to literally go to hell. You don't have to literally rise from the dead. You walk through the door. So you don't have to die to experience resurrection. <laughs> because Jesus is a door. But you are asleep. Asleep. You don't have to die to go to heaven to see angels. Jesus opened the door. I'm winding up. <laughs> Jesus, you see, language has messed us up. Jesus never never ever told us we must be born again. He never said that. What? It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. You want us to look at the scripture? It is Nicodemus who said we must be born again. Jesus said you must be born from above. It's in John 3. It's in your Bible. But we, we, we take the term born again, right? Well, when you're born again, you're just born again. But if you're born from above, it means you have arrived from another realm to change this one. So our language has made us asleep. So we are just born again. But we are born from above. Now listen to this. There is a reason. When you got born from above, your soul my goodness, you have to call it your spirit, came from the throne of God and traveled into worlds and worlds and worlds and landed in your body. Boom. Suddenly, it comes with all the records of the worlds and the worlds and the worlds. And when you land in your body and acknowledge Jesus, all the angels rejoice. Because now, all the records, past, present, and future, are in your birth. The angels are excited. So your birth from above is a cosmic event. But you are asleep. You don't know anything about it. Let me give you an example of how we are asleep and I'm done. The average Christian, who is not in this building... <laughs> doesn't know what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. 
because you thought you understood what I've just said. Praying in the name of Jesus is not saying Jesus. Then you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Praying in the name of Jesus is not saying in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Well, Jesus says, you think by your vain repetition you'll get something? Huh. Semantics. English. Read. It says in. <laughs> in the name. He never said, use the name. Never did. In is a location. The Bible does not begin with time. It says, in the beginning, God created. He doesn't say at the beginning. He says, in the beginning. In is a location. Jesus says, pray inside my name. There is no scripture that says, Jesus says, use my name to get something. Never. He says, whatever you ask the Father, in. In my name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Which means you and I need to create an awareness of the name. All around you. Create an awareness of the name surrounding you. Run into it and from there you can talk. How come you're using the name of Jesus on everything and you're getting nothing? Have you wondered about that? That is where you and I, my schizophrenia comes from. You're asking in the name of Jesus, in the name, and nothing happens. Because you're using the name. You're not in it. You have to build an awareness. Of being inside that name. And from there you talk. Brother, you seem excited. I'm upset. Because we are asleep. We are asleep. You'll jump from one conference to another. Looking for a new word. And you're not in the name yourself. Let me show you this, and please excuse me, I'll be done. A few months ago, I was telling Pauline this. The Lord showed me something that made me weep. Because I was one of them. <laughs> I said was. <laughs> he said, going to church and engaging in activities, if you're not careful, my son, you will fall asleep. I was like, what? He said, you, you can be involved in my activities so much that you fall asleep. You become irrelevant to the world. And I said, why? He said, because you need to learn and master repentance. I said, what? He says, repentance, when you say repentance, a believer thinks of sin. No, repentance, you see what Hebrew says, repentance from dead works? If God moves if, if Pastor Dave waved last week and people fell, if this week he doesn't wave, that of last week is dead. What worked yesterday is dead. So we have to continually repent from dead works. Anything God is not using is dead. It might be a good thing, but it's dead. Move from there. Now the shocker is this. Did you know that Jesus himself had to repent? Ah, what? Ah, false doctrine. Repentance is letting go of a thought and grabbing a new one. Metanoia. Leaving the old, grabbing the new. What had happened to Jesus? Jesus became a man. 100%. He mastered the art of being human. And became very good at it. <laughs> Did you know Jesus was tempted and tested by the devil in the wilderness for stuff you never saw him do before? Was he being tested as a human or as God? You can't test God. He was a man. 
Jesus, in growing up, he woke up. You can see by the age of 12, he already knew. I have to be about my father's business. He was awake. So in between 12 and 30, he had learned some things about divinity and who he was. For example, he had learned how to disappear between people. He could walk through people. He had learned how to hide his body in the temple. He could disappear. Remember when he said something, then there was a rock concert, then to stone him and he disappeared in the temple? He was right there. The devil tempted him for what he already knew. Jesus, hanging out with 12 young men for three and a half years, he became attached to them. He loved them. He loved Mary. He loved Martha. He had friends, Lazarus. Those were his friends. He had developed attachments as a human in ministry. When it came to Gethsemane, now he didn't want to go on. He was attached. He said, Father, there is no other way about this? <laughs> then he repented. Not my way. Yours be done. Boom! The problem, what hinders revival is dead works. What hinders revival is the good tunnel we had last week. So we had a tunnel of joy last week. If you build your faith on that, you're dead. That worked last week. It's not working today. You repent. You let go of what God did that was good. And take hold of the new. Are you asleep? There are so many things that look at you and me in scripture. Take a scripture, if you want to be awake, take a scripture and look at it. Get rid of everything you know about that scripture. And just look at it and go to bed. Try it. You will be shocked. Let me show you one. John 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. What have you seen there? The Trinity is looking at you. God is the beginning. So in God was the word, and the word was with God. That's God. And the word was God. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, looking at you in one little verse. Let me show you another one. John 14. In my father's house. In. In my father's house are many mansions. What? How does a house have mansions? It's supposed to be the other way around. A mansion is a big house. How does a house have mansions? Things of God begin small. But then they become big. God is just as big as he is small. When God is doing a big thing, he does in a small way. Then it becomes big. So when we are asleep, we do not see things happening. My time is up. I had just begun. But my time is up. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We pray you shall help us. And Jesus will be glorified. Amen. You squeeze this guy and revelation comes out, you know. Wow. I suggest you get the, I say get the tape, but I suggest you get it. And how many know we need to listen to the word continually? Because the more you listen to it, the more you're going to get out of it.
I can totally identify with one of the things he was saying about um, there pit, not everybody's going to accept us. And what we, but I had a guy, but nevertheless, we can have a ministry to an individual, to a person that don't, they just don't like us. How many have ever had that? And uh, I couldn't understand why this guy didn't like me because I'm so likable, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> but he didn't. And, the, but you know what? I, I, he got, God, I guess his God held me back from getting mad at this guy and releasing the wrath of Khan on this guy, you know. God just loved through me to this fella and wouldn't let me move in any other way, you know. I mean, it just, I would stop and analyze, why are you talking back to this guy? Why are you? And finally one day, you know, we were in the gym. This is when I was in college. And uh, everybody else had left and we were getting dressed. And he came over to me and he said, uh, I need to apologize to you. I said, why? He said, I've done everything I know to do to get you mad at me. And he said, for whatever reason, you you didn't do it. Of course, it was the Lord. Totally. I didn't have it within me. I wanted to belt the guy. But God wouldn't let me do it, you know. And he said, I tested you in every way I could to see if I could get you mad. And he started sobbing, and he said, please pray for me, because I need what you got. I'm going, wow, Lord. <laughs> and I, you know, I look back on it, I went, thank you for the grace to get through this, <laughs> you know. But, uh, I mean, we just can't take the word for granted. We have to, because there's so many layers of revelation that are powerful there for us, right? So, everybody stand. Praise God.